Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Very good morning to you. Welcome to breakfast. I'm Lin Lee, and this is Morning Shot. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has urged the U.S. Congress to act as soon as possible, as she says the U.S. may run out of cash by 1st of June if Congress fails to raise or suspend the debt ceiling. Now, reaching the debt ceiling will mean that the government is unable to borrow any more money, and economists warn that a default, which would be the first in U.S. history, could possibly upend global financial markets and shatter trust in the U.S. as a global business partner. With pressure from business groups rising, President Joe Biden has called a meeting with congressional leaders on the issue on the 9th of May. Ahead of that, we examine what this all means with Peter C. Earle, economist and research faculty at the American Institute of Economic Research. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, Pete, U.S. debt has sometimes risen faster than the debt ceiling. So why the urgency to take action right now? Well, at times, uh, passing an increase in the debt ceiling has been sort of a perfunctory event and occurred without a lot of controversy. Really, this modern era of trouble uh, sort of started in 2011 when uh, President Obama's spending was challenged largely because of the passage of Obamacare and the size and expense it was going to bring. Right now, the U.S. is seeing some of its most contentious political infighting since that time, and because both the Republicans performed poorly in the midterms, and there's been, you know, the Democrats had the massive spending package that was called the Inflation Reduction Act, Republicans want to exert the power that they have right now in the House of Representatives. So that's where this is coming from. The clock is ticking as we speak. What drastic consequences could we see if the debt ceiling isn't lifted on time before the U.S. reaches that ceiling? Is a recession on the horizon, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what we would see because we've never seen it before. But I mean, I, I can make some, some very basic guesses. I mean, first, in, in the lead up to a failure to raise the debt ceiling, I think we'd see, we might see bank runs in some small communities as individuals who receive Social Security payments might rush to get their hands on funds. That would put stress on banks in California and Florida. Um, if the debt ceiling was acknowledged as being breached, I suspect a few things would happen right away. We would have U.S. stock markets dropping mm-hmm. precipitously, possibly crashing. We would have uh, a reduction in the debt ceiling, which means we'd have prices of U.S. Treasury debt falling with Treasury yields rising. That would drive interest rates up broadly. Uh, The dollar would fall relative to other currencies, and we'd see accusations from both sides and court challenges and all that sort of thing. Eventually, I think that would spread to most nations of the world, in particular, those that really rely on U.S. spending, for Mm. example, our neighbors like Canada and Mexico, and also countries that rely on U.S. foreign aid like Egypt and Israel. Now, the U.S. has actually modified the debt ceiling 78 times since 1960. Could you give us some sense of why it has grown so much? Sure. I mean, uh, the U.S. government has a spending addiction, whether we're talking about <laughs> Republicans or Democrats. And, and, and that addiction, by the way, was fed to a large extent by the U.S. dollar becoming the reserve currency of the world. It, it, the U.S. dollar became the center of global finance officially in 1944, with the Bretton Woods Agreement, and then because of financialization after the end of the Bretton Woods Agreement through the 70s and 80s. With widespread use of the dollar, that means a seemingly endless demand for U.S. Treasury bonds, which has given the U.S. government and its politicians an excuse and the ability to spend more and more. But, you know, like all other goods in, in the world, demand curves slope downwards, and that's not going to last forever. I'm going to ask you, since we're talking about history now, I'm going to take you back to the very, very beginning. How did this concept of the debt ceiling come about? 
Sure. So until World War One, the U.S. would basically not finance uh, spending projects in advance. If there was a certain project that was that was meant to be uh, undertaken, um, individuals would go through Congress. They would ask for those funds, and they would receive them. But because of uh, World War One. Um, the, the spending limits had to be open-ended, and so the debt ceiling came into being to put a check on spending while not limiting it. And that has basically taken off since then. So can hitting the debt ceiling now be avoided without congressional action? I think we're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Biden is supposed to meet with McCarthy, and uh, we're going to find out. I think really quickly there are basically six things that can happen at this point. Biden and McCarthy could make a deal. Congress could pass a bill to buy more time. Uh, there could be an unusual floor procedure called the discharge petition, which is very unlikely. Uh, the White House could enact the so-called trillion-dollar coin trick, which is very strange and uh, probably not going to happen either. Uh, the White House could attempt by executive order to ignore the debt ceiling, or finally, the, debt ce- the, the, the U.S. could simply default. I think the most likely is that Congress passes a bill to buy more time, which means that for now the debt ceiling will be raised, but we'll be back in this situation in 8, 10, or 12 months from now. We're in conversation with Peter C. Earle, economist and research faculty at the American Institute for Economic Research. Pete, some economists are saying that the Treasury Department could potentially buy more time, like you said, by engaging in other unprecedented actions, such as selling large amounts of gold, minting a special large denomination coin or issuing IOUs that could be sold and traded in private markets or invoking the 14th Amendment, as also you mentioned earlier, to override the statutory debt limit. Do you believe such options could actually help the situation? And if so, how much more time can that buy? Yeah, I don't think any side, whether it's the administration or the Republicans, want to be on the job when a debt when that happens, when the debt ceiling is breached for the first time and the U.S. would effectively default. I don't think anybody wants to be uh, go down the history books like that. So I think the most likely option right now is a deal to uh, temporarily pass the limit, maybe tied to some spending cuts or some spending freezes, and then to go back down this road uh, eight or ten months from now. All of the rest, I think, would have a lot of court challenges, some of which could be very damaging, in particular the so-called trillion-dollar coin. You know, the Federal Reserve has no obligation to accept that coin, and they could be put in a very strange position if the White House was to order printing that coin, then the Federal Reserve didn't accept it. So I think the most straightforward thing for all parties is to come to a deal and kick the can down the road as they typically do. It's not a great solution, but it's probably the best one available at this time. We're just a day ahead of President Biden's meeting with Congress leaders. How likely is going to happen during this meeting? And if not, which other markets are likely to see ripple effects? Yeah, I have a feeling that this meeting tomorrow won't see a lot of progress. There is still, I believe, eight or nine legislative days left in the month. I have a feeling that um, what will speak louder than anything is if we have a day where the Dow Jones uh, loses, you know, 1,000 or 1,500 points. I think that will force the sides together more than any, you know, political, uh, you know, experience does. But hopefully they come to a deal. And uh, I mean, I have my own views on these things. But uh, right now, the best thing for all parties would be to come to a deal and uh, go down this road again, you know, whenever it happens, a year, two years, whatever it is. So Warren Buffett, whose conglomerate is viewed as a barometer of economic health in the U.S. because of the range of businesses it owns, believes that we will skirt a recession. Which sectors do you think uh, will be the hardest hit in the coming months? I think whether or not um, the debt ceiling issue uh, is, is resolved, um, I think it will be temporarily. I think right, we're seeing some we're going to see some tough times ahead mm-hmm. for um, financial markets, uh, in particular for banks. 
um, especially those that are uh, that have uh, the sort of duration gaps uh, that killed uh, both Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and eventually mortally wounded First Republic. I also think that really um, any businesses that are very leveraged right now, that have uh, very sort of debt-heavy structures, are going to see trouble as uh, interest rates rise and as uh, inflation seems to be getting sort of sticky and not coming down as much. I don't know if the Fed will raise more, uh, but even so, leaving rates at these uh, levels, at the five to five and, and a quarter percent level, um, is causing a lot of strain in, in firms that took on a lot of debt at that zero to one percent range. Now, we were talking about buying time earlier. What kind of negative consequences would that bring if they were to buy more time? Well, there would be a temporary relief in that um, markets could breathe a sigh of relief. And, um, you know, the dollar would probably uh, stabilize. It's been falling for maybe eight days now. And um, Treasury, again, uh, you know, Treasury yields would probably stay where they are. But, I mean, uh, again, these are things that eventually will come to a head. And I personally think there's a fair amount of value in forcing the U.S. government to confront to confront its debt addiction and make Americans aware of it. And as this thing, as these things start happening more and more quickly, I mean, it's like a treadmill going faster and faster. Eventually, mm. it will not be able to avoid the fact that U.S. spending is out of control and that there isn't an endless sort of appetite for U.S. government debt. Even our most irresponsible and, and trusting lenders uh, are eventually going to say no. Thank you very much for your insights, Pete. We've been speaking with Peter C. Earle, economist and research faculty at the American Institute for Economic Research. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.